I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Welcome to the Ringers, Philly. Special Super Bowl edition. The Eagles have made the Super Bowl every year. This podcast has been alive. I'm Shiel Kapadia, joined by Benny Souls, Ben Solag, ace producer, Cliff Augustine. Eagles get it done in a dud of a game that was really a party for the last, <laughs> what, uh, hour and a half. If not more, it was not a game. It was a party at the link. I'll give you some color from down there. Benny Souls, how are you feeling now? that I mean, second time in five years. Eagles fans are getting spoiled by this team. Uh, imagine having to try in a, in a championship game, in a conference championship game. I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> I, I personally, having no memory of the early 2000s, I just wonder what that would be to try in a playoff game, even, really. Like, just this past month, just barely sweating. Minshew's taking snaps in the fourth quarter. Imagine having to try in a single playoff game. Could never, couldn't, could, could not be my team. Other teams, sure, not my team. Never, no. So, what, 38-7 and 31-7, 69-14? I'm very disappointed. Games? I'm very disappointed. They didn't go you for the garbage the time tutty. touchdown. Yes. I wanted the last mm. three NFC playoff games Eagles played <laughs> in to be 38 to seven. You got to keep that going. Come on now. Listen, it was a, uh, it was a weird game. It was a weird day. And in the end, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl to face Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chief. So, uh, Benjamin, I want to hear about your viewing experience. I'm sitting there at the game and I'm thinking, you know what? Like, this is so weird how confident all Eagles fans have been about this, this game media. You know, I heard Bo Wolf say that they did like a poll in the Eagles media room on like Friday and there was not a single person picking the 49ers like everyone was so (laughs) confident in this team coming through whether fan objective whatever and I was thinking you know what maybe 
there's been comparisons to the last NFC Championship game, but maybe this is more, and uh, I think one of our listeners tweeted us about this, maybe this is more like that Bucks. Uh, championship game back in the day where Sean King is coming in and you're saying they can't win games mm-hmm. in this weather and they've got a good defense and they win. So I was having that thought in my head and then the game started. Eagles go right down the field on the first drive, score a touchdown on the first drive. Then Hassan Reddick comes out, gets to Brock Purdy, fumble. He's out of the game. After that, I felt like, all right, Eagles are probably going to win. But then McCaffrey scores the touchdown in the second quarter, and you go, is something weird about to happen here? Yeah. Could Josh Johnson be starting in the Super Bowl? After that, we know what happened. Eagles score a touchdown. Josh Johnson fumbles. Eagles scored another touchdown. Once it's 21-7 at halftime, I thought the game was pretty much over. So take me through uh, your day from the start to, I guess, about halftime, unless you still felt like it was a game after halftime, which I don't think you did. Yeah, so that first drive just feels like such a nice summation, right, of, of what we're talking about what we're interested in. The Eagles are quick on AJ Brown, right? Got to get this guy going. Last game, he was frustrated. Didn't get a ton of volume. This is our star receiver. We were we're going to win with our star receivers. We get AJ Brown a couple of looks. We get the great uh, third and eight conversion where he picks the ball up off the turf, right? Hertz gets zero blitz. They get a free rush up the middle. Like free, free rusher, rusher yeah. on the up the A gap on third and eight. And the Eagles convert. Like, that's just what this team does. Then third and 10, they get to fourth and three. Fourth and three, Jalen Hurts forced out of the pocket again. Scrambling to his left. He's uncomfortable throwing to his left. It's his weaker side. Flip the hips. Incredible Devontae Smith catch. That's just what this team does. They go for it on fourth and three, and they convert. And then you realize, like, oh, that... Devonte Smith catch might not be Devonte Smith catch. That might be a, an incomplete. Yeah, tell me about that because I didn't have the I didn't have the yes. sound on. What was the so What was the explanation on TV about that? So initially, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were like, "Wow, what a catch! Incredible, uh, Devonte Smith, great." And they're they're playing the replays, and it looks like Devonte like hits the ground and like has to secure the ball against his belly a little bit. But you're not thinking like incomplete pass. The the broadcast did not have on the first look the angle of like Jimmy Ward hitting the catch point. So you're just going like, all right, like great catch. And then immediately the broadcast catches Devontae Smith coming up and putting his fists together, his knuckles together, which is the Eagle sign for just hurry up, run a play, run a play. It's very clear. That's like, Hey, they got the call wrong. Go, 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 go. And the Eagles immediately get up uh, first and goal from the six and then, and they run a play incomplete pass, whatever. Um, after that happens, the, 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 the broadcast kind of infers like, Oh, like maybe, it was a little bit questionable, but they couldn't get it done. Eagles turning up to the line, don't want it to be reviewed. And then when they come back from break, Mike Pereira's like, fellas, very clear, incomplete pass. We all knew it all along. It's like, well, no, you didn't. Nobody was figuring this this out. But they had that angle where Jimmy Ward knocks out. It's very clearly an incomplete pass. But I'll tell you, like, the Eagles are, like, this, this is evidence the Eagles are well coached. Devontae Smith gets right up, gives a signal, and yeah. the Eagles... Acknowledged it happened, got a play in, and beat the beat the potential challenge. Both Kyle Shanahan throwing the flag and the expedited review process, because this would have qualified as like a very clear, like if the if the if the if the uh, booth in New York saw it, this would have qualified as a very clear incomplete pass. Just overturn it, Niners ball turnover on downs. If they got it in before the snap, so like that that's a game changing play. That is a seven point swing and a field position swing on that one play. Like that's. That's a well-coached team being able to execute that. You run that. It's a fire drill. Like, that's so well done. So that first drive for the Eagles, they get like a third and long conversion 
off, even though the, the Niners got a free rusher through the A-gap, third and long conversion, and then they get a third and long set up to a fourth and short conversion that, like, isn't even a conversion, but the Eagles have such a smooth operation on offense that we just sneak that play right through, and then second yeah. and goal, strong double team, and they score. And that drive was just like, wow, okay. You don't want to be in multiple third and longs, but it's a testament to how the Eagles can get out of these tight spots with, with, the, with their star receivers. And over the next few drives, they wouldn't be able to do that, right? They go three and out on the next drive, third and four, no gain. They get to a third and 10 on the following drive and they don't convert. They get to a third and 14 on the next drive and they don't convert, right? They struggled early against this Niners defense. They actually like just generally struggled against this Niners defense. But that first drive is a testament to like, all right, like, even though the Niners defense is regularly getting the Eagles into third and longs or getting the Eagles into blitz looks or doing what they want to do, Eagles have the guys where they can string together a couple positive plays there and go get seven. And that like doesn't end up mattering in terms of the scoreboard, but is an enormous like tone setting drive and, and proof of concept for the Eagles. Yeah, Devontae Smith is just such a heady player. I mean, every any in, in addition to his natural talent, like any intangible you want from a wide receiver, instincts, headiness, smarts, uh, toughness. I mean, he's got all of that. And honestly, yeah, regardless of whether it was a catch or not, I mean, what an effort on that play. I'm looking at that going, this is the first possession uh, of the NFC championship game. And look at what this second year player, like look at this effort and look at what he's doing to come close to making the catch or Hey, it's in the box score 30 years from now. They're going to look at that 29 yard catch from Devonte Smith. And so it counted. And then to have the wherewithal to tell everyone, Hey, let's go, let's go huddle. And yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. Cause that's what I was thinking. Cause I'm looking at the TV to my upper left mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't see anything definitive here, but I see, Devonte Smith, like if you were the other coach and you saw a player being that aggressive about it, would that push you to the point of, hey, maybe I should just challenge this? So or I guess that could get you in trouble right. also. Here's what I would argue. I would probably just throw the flag when I saw that. I think I would just throw the challenge flag. Very You're early option- in the game, though. Yeah, very early in the, the game. The high leverage situation also. Yeah, fourth and three, and he immediately gets up. And like he's just calling for it right away. To me, like he knows he dropped it. Your your alternative is you can call a timeout, and then that lets you get a nice long look at it. And if you're positive it's it's failed, then you throw the flag, and you're not going to get cost a second timeout because you've looked at it and you're positive. The problem is that's costing you a timeout no matter what. The challenge, if you fail, right. costs you a timeout. So there's no use in stopping the game to get a look at it. You just throw the flag or not. I think. And like you say, like, like, you know, it costs you a timeout early in the game. Well, you know, you're not going to know Brock Purdy's going to get hurt. You're not going to know that you're going to get the ball back with whatever it was. You know, they had the, a minute and 10, a minute and 20 seconds left in the second quarter. But like Kyle Shanahan called in this game, zero timeouts. Shanahan's not the best with timeouts. Like I, I when, yeah. if you're not good it with was the timeouts, first half too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to me, I'm just, I'm willing to throw the flag. Um, but that's like, you know. There's gamesmanship now. Like, start messing around and like pretending like you're throwing a hurry up. I don't know, whatever. I I would have. I I've always been of the mind that if the opposing team looks like they don't want you to throw the challenge flag, throw the challenge flag. It's the same logic as like fourth down decisions. If the other team is relieved you took your offense off the field on fourth and one, guess what? You should put your offense on the field on fourth and one. That's right. So it ends up being an 11 play, 66 yard drive. Eagles get four first downs on that drive. They go up 7-0. 49ers come out. They get a couple of first downs. And then Hassan Reddick on Brock Purdy just, I mean, changes the game, 
sack fumble. It looks like TJ Edwards had a chance, right, to come down with the interception. He doesn't. Nick Sirianni does challenge the play. Mm-hmm. The Eagles were players were very demonstrative. Hassan Reddick uh, among them telling Nick Sirianni, no, no, challenge this play. That is a fumble. They show the replay. It's a challenge there. So like very early in, I mean, this is all very early in the game. There was a lot of coaching stuff going on. This was the first eight minutes. You had a Shanahan doesn't challenge. Devontae Smith makes smart play. You have a Sirianni goes for it on fourth down because that was from the Niners 35. You know, there's a case that uh, other coaches would kick a field goal there. He didn't. He went for it. It ends up resulting in a touchdown. And then you have Nick Sirianni challenging the Hassan Reddick fumble uh, there and the Eagles get the ball back. So, hey, we were talking about the game management stuff. And I mean, that one for Shanahan is, you know, not nearly as egregious as other things he's done in these big playoff games. It was tough. He didn't get a good replay uh, at it. But man, we talked about game management and I was just thinking like eight minutes in, oh, Sirianni has given his team an edge, uh, whereas Shanahan has not given his team an edge quite yet. Yeah, the uh, the Reddick fumble is a like like Brock Purdy's had really good numbers, and Brock Purdy's eight and zero. The Reddick fumble is a great example of how like that sort of stuff doesn't get fully captured, doesn't fully capture quality of play because the Niners are blocking Reddick with a backup tight end, right? And every single person in the entire world, especially offensive line, Twitter is always like, "This is a crime! Like you can't do this." If you block a good pass rusher, a great pass rusher like Reddick with a tight end, like you're the dumbest person in the world. Reddick's like a mile away from Purdy, right? He's off the ball. He's super, super wide. They, we have very few examples of the Eagles in like the, the snaps of their defense, like actually against Purdy when his arm worked. But the Eagles were running exclusively five down fronts, right? They were just like this. This was, a, this was I thought, uh, a good on Gannon. At no point was he like, you know, oh, second and 10, let's do the four down front. He was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to deal with this running game. I don't want to deal with this motion. We're going five down front. We're doing it the whole game. We're taking away zone. We're setting hard edges. But so Reddick is super, super, super wide. He beats the tight ends. He's always going to beat the tight end. And Purdy's just staring downfield at play action, just waiting for it to open up. You can't do that for that long, right? He's just sitting there and taking it. And like that play against other teams has turned into like a scramble or has turned into like just a regular sack or it's a regular incompletion. And for the Eagles, right, Reddick lands on his forearm. The Niners say they expect UCL injury. Like Purdy said after the game, he couldn't throw the ball more than 10 yards. Like that's the first drive. And their starting quarterback is also their third quarterback. So the fourth guy is going to be really bad. Can't throw the football. Like it just is complexion changing for the entire game. And it's, it's, Reddick beating a, a tight end and getting to the spot, and it's Purdy holding on to that football. It's another great example of the Eagles' coverage maximizing their pass rush, right? Keeping that ball in the pocket for long enough, Purdy ends up making a hit that, like, defines the entire game. Or Reddick makes a hit that defines the entire game. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. 
to find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Yeah, when we were talking about his turnovers, his turnover-worthy plays, it was like, yeah, the numbers are indicate they're not that bad, but you watch it, and I think we, we said he's, he's living on the edge on some of these. They are a very thin margin between, all right, nothing bad happened and something bad could happen. I asked Reddick after the game what he, what he thinks when a tight end is lined up uh, against him, and he said, oh, man really, really bad things. And that was the extent of his answer. So uh, I think he enjoyed destroying it. Hassan Reddick. I mean, what a player. 19 and a half sacks in 19 Incredible. games as a this Philadelphia run he's on the last two months. And is these are like legit. Dude. Yeah. And this isn't like Jason Babin type sacks. I mean, how many freaking games have we come on here and we talk about the defense and it's like, oh yeah, Hassan Reddick had another forced fumble or game changing yep. player. Hassan Reddick came on one, the first possession and had a sack. Un- right. Unbelievable. The second one, right? He's just shot out of a cannon and the timing for the Niners with like Josh Johnson coming out from under center and like the angle, the blocks just a little bit off and Reddick's just on top of him. The Eagles were really good against boot in this game. That's another reason why you go five down front is they try to do this rollout stuff and you have Brandon Graham getting the pressure on Josh Johnson. You have Hassan Reddick that sack on Josh Johnson. They were really, really good against play action and getting that weak side edge who like the Niners want to leave that guy They unblocked. were all over that, getting man. They did, I don't think they yeah. bit once. They were in the quarterback's face every time yeah. on those. This, um, like, it's dumb to say this was a really well-coached game by Gannon because for seven-eighths of it, the Niners didn't have anybody who could really throw the football, like actually throw the football on the field. But, like, what I what I saw from Gannon encouraged me, and the Eagles even seemed like really well coached and keyed in and whatever, and that's good. That that, that that's important stuff. Um, I mean, like obviously, like you know, Purdy goes out, Johnson comes in, but then the offense puts them in some bad spots, right? I mean, the the Eagles go three and out, Niners yeah. get the ball back and are able to flip the field pretty easily. Eagles have an unnecessary roughness penalty. Uh, so the Eagles get the ball at, at their 15 offensively, can't move the ball too much, and then you have the bad Brent Kern punt. This is the punt that maybe hit the wire. Probably hit the wire because everybody thought it hit the wire, but also it was there's such no a weird game. Yeah. yeah, at this point, right? Like, so the broadcast had taken forever to get a shot up of Jimmy Ward breaking up the Devontae Smith catch, and then the broadcast didn't have a camera angle of this punt hitting the wire. 
and everybody was really upset. They're like, this broadcast sucks. These guys are the worst. Like, how do they not have these camera shots? It's like, okay, I hear you on the Devontae Smith one. I don't like, is, should it be somebody's job to have a camera on the sky cam wire in punts? I feel like that's like, I don't know. That one just kind of sucks. Like, that's a tough one. You know, bad beat for the Eagles there, but like generally good beat overall. So I don't know. Anyways, they didn't have an angle on the, Devon, on the, on the, um, the wire hit. But so the Niners get the ball at the 50, right? Eagles stop them. On that drive, they get sacks, they get the delay games, force the third and 20, keep them out of field goal range. Huge. And then the Eagles' offense gets the ball at the six, goes backwards, and the Niners get the ball again at the 46. The Eagles' 46. And that's the drive on which they score the touchdown. So the, the Eagles' offense put the defense in some bad spots. They, they gave that touchdown drive, bad tackling, right? Marcus Epps get a free look at Christian McCaffrey in the middle, and Christian McCaffrey just makes a, I'm an extremely good running back play. Like, Epps, you know, he'll put his head down as a tackler, right? That this was an like, awesome you know, run. Yeah, he'll he like you know like like Epps can be an inconsistent tackler, but like that's McCaffrey being pretty sick, and then obviously breaking the run and and, and uh, breaking the next tackles and scoring, and you go okay seven seven, you, you you defensively do you love the fact that Josh Johnson offense scored on you? No, but overall the issue that needs to be solved is the offense. It's like defensively you guys are doing okay. They scored a touchdown on a drive that started from the forty six yard line. Uh, offensively this team needs to. to String together some drives. This team needs to reset time of possession. You have to put the Niners' defense on the back foot. You have to make the Niners' defense feel like they can't win this game. And that's what they do. 14 plays, 76 yards, seven-minute drive. Fourth and one conversion on their own 34, too. Uh, and that's just a great, like, Sirianni, just good coach. And, yeah, it's, it's a tie game in the second quarter with their fourth-string quarterback. It's been a little bit weird recently. They went run, 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 run. On, the, on, the, on those first four plays. And throughout the course of the second quarter and then into the third and fourth quarter, when the game mattered when it didn't, they did a really nice job running between the tackles. This is what we talked about in the pre-show. Uh, Eric Armstead is a good defensive tackle. The rest of their guys are penetration dudes. Just double team and move. Just get done. Just, just, just relocate them. You have such a good line. Just run the football. They did a wonderful job of calling true runs, Letting the offensive line get down the field. They'd call read options too, but just true runs. Don't worry about an eligible man downfield. And they had movement all day on the interior double teams. Kelsey folding underneath the blocks and then leading out into the boundary. They had their way. I mean, like this is, that was awesome because the Niners are a good run defense by like DVOA and by efficiency. But when you watch them, you say, okay, we can move this team off the ball. That's exactly what they did. I thought a huge feather in their cap, especially because like Hertz wasn't playing super great. Niners coverage was, I think, doing a great job awesome that they just went you know what we're running the football their backups in let's just man ball this and it's exactly what they did I, I i loved watching that for the whole game yeah that and we'll get back to the run stuff but that fourth down go i mean what a own 35 tie game in the championship round i mean how many coaches are saying yeah let's just line up and go right there nick sirianni did not hesitate uh, Jordan Mailata's quote was, I don't know how Sirianni walks around with that set of cojones that he has, bro. That's crazy. How's the man walk around like that? Fourth down in a big playoff game. Dude, kudos to him, but big cojones, that guy. So uh, Jordan Mailata said he was looking at the sideline being like, wait, what? What are we doing here? And everyone was waving him. No, stay on the field. Offense is staying on the field. And he was like, oh, okay, I guess we're staying on the field. And you run a QB sneak there. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, under no circumstance, is going 
in that situation. A lot of coaches under no circumstance are going in that situation. They had just had, like you mentioned, three bad drives. I mean, the Eagles had punt, punt, punt. They had a combined uh, 13 yards on 10 plays on their previous three drives with one first down. It's not like, oh, the offense is rolling. Yeah, we can easily uh, get this. He goes for it there. Hertz gets the QB sneak. I mean, if you don't go for it there, you're punting again for the fourth time. I mean, listen, it was, again, it was Josh Johnson on the other side. You're going to win the game mm-hmm. anyway, but it could have at least got a little, uh, a little closer, a little tighter there in that situation. So yeah, like you mentioned, that was a huge drive, 14 plays, 75 yards. You get seven first downs on that drive. You get three first downs by penalty on that drive. I wasn't like fully online where was there a lot of complaining about uh, the officiating or the Eagles getting some of those calls. The Eagles got, let me see how many, seven first downs from penalties in this game compared to zero for the Niners, but watching it live, I thought most of the penalties seemed legit when they showed the replay. What was your, uh, did you have any angle on that? Any perspective on the, uh, on the penalties, the officiating? You look confused. Uh, you look distracted. Are you okay? No, I I'm trying to, I, I, the, the, <laughs> if you remember the AFC champion, did you watch Bengals uh, chiefs much or no? I, know I, I had it on in the background. I have it recorded. I think after this, as I unwind, yeah. I'm just going to watch it. Yeah. So, Bengals Chiefs had a bunch of like ref tomfoolery in the last eight minutes. Okay. And so when you said, how'd you feel about the refereeing and some of the calls, my brain immediately started pulling Bengals and Chiefs calls. And I was like, no, 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 wait, I have to go back and remember these Eagles and these Niners calls. So I started accessing the wrong game. Um, I think like, like a couple of the defensive calls that the Niners got hit with were pretty soft. Uh, the AJ Brown, uh, the the Jimmy Ward defensive pass interference on the third and seven for the touchdown drive, the Eagles eventually scored 14. A.J. Brown gets rewarded for acting like a player 25 pounds. His lesser with like three fingers is drastically impeding him. That one I thought, A.J. gets the Oscar for that one. Um, I thought that one was a little bit much. Um, the illegal use for hands was a good call. The Traverse Ward illegal contact was a good call. Like th- those I think have got to happen. Um uh, the roughing the kicker, which led to an Eagles touchdown in the third quarter. They go up 28 to seven because of that roughing kicker. I thought that was running. I thought if you hit the plant leg, it's running. It would have gone to fourth and one from the Eagles 45 and they would have gone forward and gotten it. So like, don't know if it actually matters that much, but basically Mike prayer was like, well, he ran them really fast. So it's roughing. And I was like, I didn't even think that was, I thought it was just all about the leg. I didn't like, you know, I didn't know we, there was a gradient here. So I, I thought, thought it was, was if you good. hit the plant. I thought it was if you hit the plant plant leg, then it is roughing. Yeah. But he, he ran into the kicking leg. He ran into it oh, fast enough. Leg. Okay. Gotcha. He ran okay. into it fast enough that then the plant leg didn't land. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> I, I, again, like uh, running roughing. Yeah. makes no sense to me. Yeah. So I thought, um, Besides the 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 AJ Brown Jimmy Ward DPI, I didn't think the calls were too bad. Uh, the Dre Greenlaw punching the football one was hilarious. Like, is it it unnecessary roughness has never been actually more aptly named than in that penalty instance, right? We're like, what's he doing? He's trying to punch the football free. Yeah, but that's legitimately unnecessary roughness. Like he is winding up and striking the ball. Like, you know, this, this is what the penalty is named. Um, so like that one was very funny. That one was very funny in the press box because I think there was somebody and I don't know who it was because I just heard the voice 
thought that like didn't didn't acknowledge that he was punching the ball and thought he was just punching just body person, shots like, continuously just ribs. and it was yeah. and it was outraged i'm like no that person is holding right. the ball at least but anyway all right now all right. The, the, so the i don't think yeah the penalty that egregious right yeah the penalty notes i think are just i think it's important to note like eagle scored 31 points and like there was a lot of you know oh i heard this defense was good Eagles scored 31 points on them, like sentiment. Like they were like, you know, I saw a lot of like Eagles offense played great. Eagles offense was like, like generally had a tough time against this team. They, they, they needed to have penalties to extend drives for them on money downs, right? They had penalty on third down penalty on fourth down in order to, uh, to score on those two touchdown drives, right? The, the one before the half three total penalties for the uh, 49ers. Then obviously the, the fourth down, they were punting the ball away and they end up getting an extra possession off of that. And there was a bit like after that drive, there was like a man Eagles sitting on the football ability to chew clocks. Like, yeah, you wonder why they chewed so much clock. Cause they used all four downs earlier in this drive and they got a 15 yard penalty to keep the, the game going. So you have the, um, you have the, the three penalty drive. You have the, the drive that starts short off the Josh Johnson. I drop the snap and then I lose my mind play. I yeah, that was Josh weird. Johnson fall on the football. It's 14 to seven at the end of the first half. The fact they tried to pick that up was terrible. Um, right. Their, their first touchdown drive of the, of the second half is off of the roughing the kicker penalty. And then they get the field goal drive after a turnover on downs in general. They, Played okay offensively. Jalen Hurts, 0.1 EPA per drop back. They average 0.12 EPA per play. But this is not the sort of offensive performance that generally delivers you 31 points. They just got, you know, really untimely Niners penalties that, that helped them extend drives. And they got, you know, uh, short fields off of turnovers. Nothing wrong with that. You take what you get. Your defense has been generating offense for you all year. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, there's no problem with it. Uh, the, the Niners absolutely made Hurts pretty uncomfortable. He was leaving a lot of pockets. Uh, he was off on his deep balls, right? He was he was throwing his deep balls way downfield. He was worried about those tight windows. You know, like, it it's water under the bridge. Eagles won by 24 points. Um, but I do definitely think that, like, you know, this, this wasn't like a resoundingly dominant offensive performance. Niners are a good defense. The, they were just in a spot where their offense could do nothing for them, and eventually the attrition of that wore up. Yeah, I'd, I would not say this was a great offensive performance. Now you're going up against the best defense in the NFL, so context is important. They did still have 25 first downs, second most against a, uh, the 49ers this season, like you said. Seven of those were by penalty, so I think they had three really good drives. I mean, they had an 11-play 66-yarder, they had a 14-play 75-yarder, and then in the second half, they had a 15-play 91-yard drive where they also had seven first downs. So um, only at 269 yards, that is obviously not a lot. Jalen Hurts set a season low, throwing for just a 121 yards. Their mm-hmm. only explosive play, their only play of 20 or more yards was the Devontae Smith catch. Other than that, they did not have which a play didn't exist. more. Right, which didn't yeah. exist of more than 17 yards. So yeah, I mean, I, I chalk it up to a couple different things. One is the sort of not randomness, but the swings, the high variance of taking shots downfield. I mean, they took a lot of shots downfield. There Mm -hmm. was the one AJ Brown, I thought separated and was open. And that's one that we've seen Jalen hurts hit pretty consistently this year. He overthrew him there. There was another with Devontae Smith where he wasn't open, but he kind of high pointed the ball and did a terrific job. And it looked like, you know, we've seen him kind of make an acrobatic uh, catch there. So none of those came through here. If you're an Eagles fan, you're probably like, good. 
get those out of the way, and then get the percentages back in your favor uh, in the Super Bowl when they're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. And there were some Charvarius Ward uh, had outstanding coverage downfield there. So yeah. uh, not having that explosive play element definitely hurt. Uh, give credit to the Niners defense. I think the running numbers are probably better than the final number show. I mean, the final number show 44 yeah. for 148, uh, 3.4 yards per carry. I haven't looked up like success rate, mm-hmm. but uh, there were definitely moments in this game where you're like, wow, they are moving the Niners line or wow, there are huge holes here. Yeah. And uh, Eagles, go ahead. Yeah. Eagles rushing success rate, 45%. Uh, passing success rate in this game, 43%. They were more successful running the football than throwing the football. Um, this against a team that was like they uh, number one, in, in, or excuse me, number two, I think, in rush defense DVOA, um, and a team that a lot of people expected the Eagles would really try to throw the ball against. If you look at these top teams by rush DVOA, the Eagles will play. They tend to be super pass-happy on the script. They they did a little bit of that early, and then they very quickly got on the running game, and that, and that was necessary and important. Um We've we've had a good time shouting out some some quiet all stars on this pod over the last few weeks. Reed Blankenship played great against the Giants. Milton Williams had an awesome month. I'm in on Kenny Gainwell. I mean, I talk, talk about an about. How face. about a playoff Kenny? Kenny? Unbelievable. He. I don't know. You know, when 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 young players come to the league, there's always a process of like changing the way you eat, changing the way you sleep, changing the way you work out. I don't know if there's been a change in Kenny's. Uh, uh, you know, uh, mass is density. Like I, I, he, he looks a little bit bigger. I don't think he looks too much bigger. I don't know if there's been a, a, you know, like a fire lit under him in terms of like, maybe he got wind of like, does Miles Sanders want to be here next year? Like maybe Miles told him like, you know, maybe this job for you next year. I don't know what it is. He looks fast, strong, quick. He looks remarkably more. Yeah, and remarkably more like an NFL athlete than he did in his first year and even to start this season. Uh, and, and that can happen like with smaller players coming into the league. Like, it, like an extra 10 pounds of muscle and like the twitch that comes with that can be critical. Like it can be like legitimately like, like perspective arc changing for you, right? Just like that body recomposition, body recomposition you enter the league. But Kenny, Kenny absolutely 100% now looks like the player they build him as when they drafted him. Running back who can catch out of the backfield, who can be a threat to receive, make a guy miss in space, and can also still run between the tackles and provide juice. I, I these these last few games with Kenny have just been delightful. Eagles right, 14 carries for 48 yards for Kenny, 11 for 42 and two scores for Miles, 11 39 and one for Jalen Hurts, 621 and one for Boston Scott. The Eagles have the Eagles have a a extremely strong and relatively diverse running back by committee room plus rushing quarterback. And they, they have invested big money or big draft picks in none of them. Howie. I mean, that's that's really, really good work. Yeah, the run game, uh, Mylotta was saying that this was a big, like, go back to the tablet on the sideline and figure out what the Niners were just doing there and everyone say what they saw happening and then Stoutland come out with a wrinkle and go back with that with the next drive and then wait for the Niners counter. Like He was saying this was one of the biggest chess matches of the entire season, just the back and forth between what the Niners were doing and what the Eagles were doing. So that will be something fun to kind of look for uh, when we watch the film this week about what exactly both sides were doing, what the adjustments were. That the uh, that the Eagles made there, but I'm with you on Gainwell. Yeah, he had some wow uh, plays in this game. Also had two catches. 
for 26 yards, including a nice 17-yarder. I think that was one of his more impressive plays where he made one of the linebackers miss and then ran through a tackle there. So others have drawn the comparison to Corey Clement, uh, this this year's version, oh. uh, this Super Bowl team's version of Corey Clement, which I think is a, a good one. You know, Gainwell was not someone who we were talking about as a weapon or someone producing positive plays throughout the course of the season. But, man, he looks really, really good right now. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, post. So, I mean, is there any? Is there anything else from the game? I mean, yeah, they have the Josh Johnson fumble, and then they score the touchdown, and then it's twenty-one-seven, and the game's over. I mean, then Josh Johnson has the concussion in the second half. Purdy's got to come back in. He Kim. can't throw. They're handing it off. He throws a little screen. Yeah. And, and in terms of, uh, in terms of like general broadcast and like live game commentary, as you were at the game, and so you were on a different like pace and a different tempo. The amount of people who were just like constantly tweeting during the game and then also on the broadcast being like, really interesting. The Niners are down three scores here in the fourth quarter and still running the football. I wonder what that means. Like, oh, well, I, Purdy's back in this game after he was out and he can't throw the football. I don't know. What do we think it means, team? Like, there's nothing to be done here. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, like, right. Once you get that two-score lead, you pretty much think it's done. I will say that, that the Niners... You know, people are like, oh, let Christian McCaffrey throw it, you know, run the double reverse pass. Eagles are going to be sniffing around that. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's not going to have the surprise factor it usually does. The Niners were trying to find ways to get like the the Debo jailbreak play. We talked a lot about in, in the pre-show in the week leading up to it, how Debo particularly, but a lot of this Niners skill position group has the ability to take a screen and house it at 65 yards. They were trying to find that and the Eagles did a really really good job on Debo. They set extremely hard edges all game. Avante Maddox coming in downhill, Kaiser White coming in downhill, just turning. Like, how many times did Debo get a handoff and end up trying to turn back the other way? They just, they, they just did not give up a defensive edge in this game. They got everything back to the spine. Extremely well done. It, like, it's such an impressive job. And like, it's again, it's stupid because the Niners offense wasn't real, but like, that's just what you have to do. You have to just, this is what's in front of us. Don't make this a knucklehead thing. Don't let them score any more points. Don't let this be any closer than it has to be. Handle the business. And they, they did a great job with that. I mean, if, if the defense plays well in the Super Bowl, we have to like rename this the Ringers Philly Special presented by Jonathan Gannon or uh, something listen, like that. I mean, he's one, right. he's one win away. Here. So listen, I <laughs> vehemently upset a large cadre of Eagles fans by remarking that the Eagles had beaten Daniel Jones and then this San Francisco 49ers quarterback room on their way to the playoffs, which is like, just like what happened, right? Like, like when we entered this playoff picture before we knew who was going to win, everybody was like, wow, the AFC is loaded with star quarterbacks and the NFC isn't. So like the only way you were going to beat like a respectable series of quarterbacks in route to an NFC championship berth would have been like beating Geno Smith into Dak Prescott into Jalen Hurts. That would have been like the Niners path. And even that like wouldn't have been that impressive. So was just remarking that like the NFC quarterback room series kind of sucked. And usually when you make a playoff run, you don't get to play Daniel Jones into Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson slash Christian McCaffrey and the Wildcat. How lucky for the Eagles. That's extremely fortunate. Doesn't mean they're a bad team. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They're going to the Super Bowl. It's just cool. Like it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. Of course, the Eagles dominated those teams, right? I went and I looked it up. Uh, seasons in which a team has had multiple playoff wins 
of at least 24 points. There's one season in history, 1989 49ers, won three games, playoff games, uh, by at least 24 points. Other than that, there's five seasons in which your team won two. Everything else is one. So the Eagles now, one of seven teams, are the seventh mm. team to win multiple playoff games by at least 24 points. Critically, that the, the, the only season to happen since 1992, so in the 2000s, is the Tampa Bay 2002 season. This was their Super Bowl winning season in um, which they had a, a, uh, a divisional round win, I think it was. Oh, no, 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 because the bye week. They, they won in the NFC Championship game against the Niners, and then they beat the Raiders, uh, both of those by, by, by massive deficits. So the Eagles, this playoff run the Eagles had, and they only did it in two games. They haven't even needed the third game. To, to win multiple games by 24 points is about as unprecedented as it gets. In the last 20 years, it hasn't been done. Uh, so huge testament, like, you know, I, I sat up here and I said, oh, Daniel Jones is a, it, it, like I, the Giants are tough out, even with Daniel Jones. You know what I'm saying? I, I sat up here and I said, Niner Stevens is extremely difficult. It's going to be a close game. And quarterback injuries aside, Eagles dominated teams that had that had made it to January. That's very difficult to do. So a huge, uh, huge, huge, huge shout out to the coaching staff for getting these guys as prepared as they've been uh, for Howie Roseman for this ridiculous, stinking, unbelievable, ludicrous roster the Eagles are fielding, and the one went away, man. It's it's them against the. Uh, let's say it, it. We haven't talked about them yet. The Chiefs and Mahomes, and like, what this one seed versus one seed. What a special, special game this is going to be. The yeah, I mean, the the path in the NFC, like. Yeah, that's why you gotta go fourteen and three and get the one seed. Get the you one seed. Face Absolutely, I mean, you would have had to face Dak Prescott uh, in the divisional round, and who knows? We saw what that looked like a month ago, and it wasn't great. I mean, that's why it's so important to get that uh, and, and to make your path as easy as possible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it is funny when you think about it. Like before the season, you have to face. Brock Purdy, you have to face Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy, and Josh Johnson to get to the Super Bowl at home. Oh, and by the way, every single starter you have will be playing in that NFC. Right. This is unprecedented. I mean, people are going to kill me because they're like, Shield, don't you, there's still two weeks. Someone could like stub their toe uh, on the sidewalk or something. But I mean, really unprecedented. Avante Maddox returns in this game, giving you your entire starting lineup on offense. And defense, although Landon Dickerson left briefly and came back. Yeah. Right? I want so to say. Landon, yeah. Landon left briefly. He was holding his arm. I haven't seen anything off of that. Um, could okay. have been just got banged up. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if it were if it were major, it would have kind of been plastered around. Uh, Jalen did take a big shot to his che- uh, to his back and came up pretty ginger. Jalen, like a- as expected from the way that Hurts behaves, he. When he takes on contact, it hurts. Like, he is in pain every time he gets up off the field. And, like, the Eagles' offensive line typically like, rushes over to him and gets him up pretty quick. But, he like, it, he took a shot to his back and, like, he was, you know, like, uh, uh, ducks around the head for a couple of seconds. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's clearly stinging. Um, and so I'll be curious to see. And then did he run the ball on the next two plays? Because I heard someone asking players yes. uh, about he, he this, ran the I ball. I didn't see the big hit. He ran the ball on the exact next play. And it was a great run. Okay. It sounds good, right? And then you remember the Bears game, and you're like, well, this guy just like lied and yeah. kept playing. And so, uh, right. you know, that was just something to keep an eye on. I'll be curious to see, you know, what, what we see out of Philadelphia Monday and Tuesday and, like, you know, if Hurts anymore banged up. And then the last one would be Lane Johnson, who, like, they just tossed, a, I think it was Tom Rinaldi or Aaron Andrews. I can't remember who it was. But they tossed to the sideline reporter at, uh, in the beginning of the game, and they're like, yeah, Lane's... Lane retore his groin. 
but he's going to be out there. And then he's just like one-on-one in Nick Bosa. So I have no idea what Lane's injury situation is. Lane's just on duct tape right now. Altogether, though, that's right. That's your injury summary. And it's extremely brief and generally survivable. And meanwhile, the, the Chiefs are like, Michael Hardman left this game. Juju Smith-Schuster left this game. Like Travis Kelsey was questionable with the back. Mahomes is playing on the ankle. Like Legereus Sneed left this game. Willie Gay left this game. It is really hard to be as healthy as Eagles are in, uh, in, in January. It's... Not bad to acknowledge that the Eagles have been extremely fortunate. They were unbelievably, ludicrously fortunate in their Super Bowl run in 2017. And the trophy's still there. The statue still exists, man. Like, it's yeah. like to, to win a Super Every Bowl, Super you Bowl gotta be lucky. Uh, yeah. yeah, you gotta have something like that going, uh, going in your favor. There, I was trying to think going back to the beginning of the show, why. Do fans like trust this team so much? I feel like there's a trust with Hurts that just like the moment's not going to, I think I said this on, on our show leading up to the game, that just the moment's not going to be too big for him. Listen, it doesn't mean he's going to play perfect. It doesn't mean he's going to throw for 300, but just like he has the right makeup to show up in these big games. And now Sirianni, I mean, is building a quite the reputation for himself. I mean, he's in the Super Bowl in his second freaking year as a head coach, second year as uh, as the Eagles head coach. They killed the Giants last week. They beat the Ford. Obviously, this was a different type of game with uh, with Purdy going out, but they beat the 49ers today. I think there's a trust in Sirianni as well. And then I think there's just a trust in the supporting cast. Like their offense can go punt, punt, punt. And as long as those five offensive linemen are still out there, you're like, all right, they're going to just mm. give them another drive, give them another drive. They will figure it out eventually. We just have a pretty large body of work that that's been the case all season. Like if your offensive line is not getting its butt kicked, you have many options to find solutions, whether it's running, passing, whatever. In most NFL games, when the offense is just like sputtering and can't get out of its own way, it's because bad things are happening to the offensive line. And so far, we'll see what happens in the Super Bowl. So far, bad things do not happen to this offensive line. Like, like they just show up week in and week out and are so consistent. And I think that gives them such a high floor, such an advantage, such an avenue yeah. to figure things out as these games roll along. I'll tell you why I I get so much faith in the Eagles, especially because like, as we've remarked on the show, I get on here every Tuesday, every Wednesday, and I'm like, I just prepped the opponent. I'm terrified, right? It's because there are concerns and frustration with the Eagles coaching staff throughout the week, like namely like Gannon and the scheme and the philosophy, right? Like the, the overarching thought. Once the clock starts ticking on Sunday, this team has been the best coach team in the NFL this season, period. Sirianni is constantly making yeah, correct I decisions. That's right. Shane Steichen is a incredible sequential play caller who is always correct in short yard situations, such that when Sirianni makes the right call to go for it on fourth down, the Eagles are always in the correct look, always get a good playoff, or never screwing around, no delay of games. This team avoids knucklehead penalties. They avoid procedural penalties extremely well. Like in classic nobody's watching Eagles primetime game fashion. 95,000 people today were like, man, Lane Johnson's fall starting, isn't he? Like, yeah, where have you been? It's 2023. He's been doing this for seven years. Like, this is just what they, they get. They get away. They Jason know what they're Peters doing. was doing it right? before him. Yeah. Uh, and then even Gannon, who like, okay, like I don't love the way Gannon decides on his offense. The defense is still well coached. They still, they still understand the roles, get to their spots, recognize the concepts that within the scheme that they're running, they're executing at a very high level. They, they have been 
every single Sunday when they have walked on the field, the better coached team, period. And like Sirianni's uh, coordinators, like John Gannon and Shane Steichen are both getting interviews. This is Gannon's first time DCing. It's Steichen's second time OCing. He did it for one year with the Chargers in 2020. Like these are not, it's not like Vic Fangio popped by for a season of like, you know, rehash. Not like Frank Reich swung through to like, you know, knock the rust off and then leave for some other job. These guys were positional coaches four years ago. They're both interviewing for jobs. They are, the Eagles are in a wonderfully, extremely well-coached team. And that's going to be true against Kansas City where like Andy's an unbelievable coach. Spags is an unbelievable coach, but like, <laughs> Andy had no timeout or no no challenges with six minutes left in the third quarter in the game that was going to be one score the whole way through, and that's a little dicey. Like the, the every single time the clock starts, the Eagles are the better coach team, and that's why like you freak out about the game planning and this that and the other thing, and then the Eagles get on the field and they're they're in better schemes and better situations and better situational calls and better you know one off blitzes and one off play designs. They're in better ones than the other guys every single week. Huge 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 testament to them. The coaching matchup for the Super Bowl is very simple to me. If you want to give uh, Andy Reid the advantage from today until when does the Super Bowl kick off? Like Sunday at 6.07 or whatever yeah, right. it is. If you want to say put the check in Andy Reid's column for that, I'm fine with that. Although I will say this Eagles coaching staff has done an amazing and outstanding job during that aspect too. But once that game starts, that check goes in the Eagles column, whether it's game management, uh, in-game decision-making, adjusting to what the other team is doing in-game. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think I'm speaking like right. in hyperbole to say I would give the Eagles coaching staff just based on what we've seen this year in Andy's kind of library, uh, you know, I would give the Eagles an edge right there. So we'll see what now, happens. We'll have a long time right. to talk about that. Yeah. And, and right. And, and the important thing is I did a nice little thing there where I brushed by you know, Gannon's philosophy. And I was like, if we should ignore that, it's well coached. We're going to talk about it for the next two weeks. We're going to talk about it for a week when we're together in Phoenix, you know, prepping for the Eagles Super Bowl as one does. Uh, but the Eagles defense played the Chiefs offense last year. For those who have, you know, cliff memory. Game. We call that the Cliff game. Yeah. For those who have memory. Yeah, because it's Cliff's fault. For those who have memory hold it, unlike Cliff, who Come cannot. Come on, yo. Why y'all doing uh, me like this, man? We, <laughs> we going to the Super Bowl, man. Y'all have to do me like that, bro. Yeah. Like, why? But in that, right, in that game, Mahomes, 24 for 30, five touchdowns. So six incompletions and five touchdowns. Um, the Gannon defense can struggle against the elite quarterbacks. The, like, the Eagles got two weeks to figure out how to survive Patrick Mahomes. If they can survive Patrick Mahomes, they have a That was a, a different they, defense though, to be fair. I it mean, was, this defense it was. has outperformed that defense. And let's and let's write a large margin. And let's talk about that. The Eagles defensive line is better than the Chiefs defensive line. The Eagles secondary is better than the Chiefs secondary. Eagles linebacker room is better than the Chiefs linebacker room. Eagles receivers are better than the Chiefs receivers. If you separate tight end out, the Chiefs tight end is better. But if you just do pass catchers, Eagles pass catchers are better than the Chiefs pass catchers. Eagles running backs are better than the Chiefs running backs. Eagles offensive line is better than the Chiefs offensive line. There is one position at which the Chiefs have the Eagles, and it's the guy. It's the dude who's almost certainly going to win league MVP. It's the dude who defines the next generation of football in Patrick Mahomes. So it is, it is 14 days on the clock. Just figure out how to get as much wind out of 15 sails as you can. You get to hoist your second Lombardi in six years. You got it. It's one dude to figure out over two weeks, and it's going to be a doozy, man. 
I was just doing that same exercise on my drive home. I was in literally in my head going position by position, wide receiver, not close corner. Not. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, the Eagles have the, I guess the chiefs have safety. We can give the chiefs safety over the Eagles safeties and we can give them, give it to them. Uh, I mean, tight end is really close, especially if Kelsey is injured. Uh, but if you want to get yeah. him tight end. Punter. Logan. Chiefs are better at punter. Tommy Townsend, okay. good punter. Yep, give him that okay. one. Okay. Punter, safety, tight end, and quarterback. Everywhere else. I mean, and some of these are not, yeah, like they're not close. I mean, the, you know, the corner disparity, the the defensive line disparity. They've got some players there. Obviously, Chris Jones is awesome. But you're talking about Carl uh, Loftus and Frank Clark and uh, Carlos Dunlap. So uh, I, I agree with you. Eagles are the more talented team. Uh, Chiefs yep. have the guy who will like, very well could go down as the greatest quarterback we've ever seen uh, in our lifetimes. I don't think it's crazy to say that. At this point, how now? How did Mahomes look uh, in this game? Before I watch it, like how was the ankle yeah. affecting him? What percentage was he at? How was he limited? Fill me in on that. Mm-hmm. He looked a hundred percent until he didn't. Uh, in the late third, maybe like mid third, he was forced to make a, a a throw running to his left. And before this throw, he'd been making like one foot throws, running around throws, scrambling, moving around. He looked great. He was forced to make a, a one-foot throw movement to his left where he had a launch off that left ankle. And very clearly, like, he just he, he asked too much of it. He was gimpy after that throw. He's kind of, like, limping and hopping a little bit. And then after that, like, my uh, I was watching the game with my sister. and visiting her in Alabama. She said, uh, Mahomes is walking around like he's trying to hold something between his butt cheeks. Right? He had that, like, waddle going where he was just, like, trying like, you know, like trying not to be on the ankle for too yeah, long. on the pod. Yeah. I mean, that's the best. That's the most insightful comment. Anyway, yeah. more, more than we've made so far. Like yeah. That. No. Uh, it was a uh, – it was he was clear that he was, he was a little bit gimpy. Um, I imagine, you know, He's going to look 100% when he plays in the Super Bowl. Um, two weeks worth, away, yeah. Yeah, worth noting, uh, Circa Sports, uh, Sportsbook opens once the Chiefs win. Eagles two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Chiefs favored by two-and-a-half points. That was at – we're recording at 11.30 Central. I'm in Alabama right now. That was at about 9.30 Central, so at 10.30 Eastern. In two hours, the line has moved five points. Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. It – flew to Philadelphia. It flew through zero and it flew up to two and a half. It might touch three, uh, which is like obviously a hugely key number. Immediate, overwhelming faith, money, sharp money comes in on the Eagles plus two and a half and didn't stop. Steamed. Like a five point line movement is insane for that small of a time period on books that are taking sharp money like this. So uh, the general public, betting public agrees with us. Eagles are a much better team. It just comes down to 15. It comes down to Mahomes. Yeah, FanDuel has it. Eagles minus one and a half here. I, yeah, I sort of feel like the betting public will look at it and just be like, Mahomes, like, wouldn't you, wouldn't you just think the majority of the casual betters would just be like, if Mahomes is in a Super Bowl and the other team doesn't have Mahomes, then I'm just going to bet on Mahomes to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I feel like that's mm-hmm. generally how it goes. I think you'll see right a ton of public money coming over on Mahomes and the Chiefs over the next couple of weeks. But for people who, like people who are betting that early, are generally people who have models that predict right. Like they put in their Chiefs numbers, they put in their their Eagles numbers. They got spit out Eagles two point favorites, and then boom, Circa or Fanduel or whomever 
opened at two and a half, like Eagles underdogs two and a half, and that's a huge point difference, four and a half point difference, and boom, they took it. So that's typically who's betting when these lines immediately open. So yeah, I think you'll see a ton of public money come in on the Chiefs. I agree with you. They'll see Chiefs as an underdog, and they'll take it. That's certainly what I did the middle of this week when the line moved for the Bengals. I was like, oh, Mahomes at home as an underdog in the playoffs. No, no, please don't take my money. So I think you'll see that sort of a, a reaction as well. We'll see where the, the spread ends up. I would guess that this ends Eagles favored by like one and a half one when we close before kickoff. What does your uh, gut tell you right now about who's going to win? Or do you want to say that? We know you're going to change. We know you're going to go official two weeks from now. You're going to go through your process. We've all learned about this throughout the course of the season, especially in the playoffs. Let's right now, do you have a feeling? You have a feeling. Firstly, I could tell let's you not, let, let's not chuckle at the process. The process got me on the correct side of the Eagles-Niners game. has worked. That's right? correct. And also, you know, running game matchups against the number two Russian defense. Where I felt good about that prep. Right now, I would say I think Chiefs win. Uh, I I should say this right now I think Chiefs score 35 <laughs> the question is how many points did the Eagles score oh my gosh um, so that the, so that game the, the, the Cliff game is the second best uh, offensive performance by mm-hmm. any team in the NFL in the last two years the only performance that was better than that was the Bills against the Patriots when they literally scored a touchdown <laughs> on every single possession in the playoffs yep. last year so yes the Eagles have a lot of work to do uh, off of that film but the Chiefs are a different team also from that right, no Tyreek so. Tyreek in that game had I want to say yeah. 200 no 186 yards and three touchdowns so a little different uh Kelsey in that game, four catches, 23 yards. They took away Kelsey real well. Oh, Did a great so they job. They already with know that. how to shut him down. Yeah. This is easy. Yeah, we're all over easy it. game planning. Um, uh, yeah. Right now, I would say Chiefs, because I think the Chiefs can score a ton of points. I don't know if I'll be able to talk myself off of that. Uh, that 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 read on Gannon over the course of the next couple weeks, just Gannon against elite quarterbacks has typically just been really, really tough. But again, like two weeks to prep. You got a lot of like Bengals film to look off of for the Chiefs. Like there's 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 stuff to get done. I I, I you know I'm picking Chiefs right now, and if I had to predict, I'd guess I'd pick Eagles by by the time we actually get to the game. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see. Two weeks and and a lot to figure out. I mean, I feel like the analysis for now. We'll see where we will do deep dives, and we'll see what the analysis actually is. I feel like the analysis for this game is going to be pretty simple. Can the Eagles? kill them up front like the Bucks did to them a couple of years ago. Like the pieces are in place for the Eagles to do that. In my opinion, the chiefs offensive mm-hmm. line is better than that offensive line at the same time. Orlando Brown and Mike Remmers Brown. are not the best, you know, tackles. Uh, a- oh, sorry. Andrew what, Wiley. What did I say yeah, Orlando yeah. who? What yeah. did I say? So it's Orlando Brown right now. It's Orlando <laughs> Brown and Andrew I'm Wiley. Just spitting out wrong it, names. In the Listen, Bucks game, in the Bucks it's game, in the Bucks name. game, it was Mike Remmers. Uh, this <laughs> okay, game, it's 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 Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. Yes, the uh, the 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 Chiefs tackles are eminently beatable, and the Eagles pass rush with Hassan Reddick right now is just absolutely out of its mind. <sighs> so you got that. So I've got that, and then on the other side of the ball, I mean. This Chiefs defense gets, you know, like it's its uh, biggest strength is sort of these game planning ish type 
performances where they're not a great defense the whole year, but in a big spot in the playoffs, they come out and are a very good defense. But man, the Eagles against any defense that has not been a great defense this year, any defense that's been a mediocre defense, they've kind of killed those defenses and just figured it out and gone up and down the field. So uh, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of leaning Eagles is is my uh, gut on this a little bit. I am looking here. The top 10 quarterbacks in terms of EPA per play that the Eagles have faced this season, they have not faced anyone in the top four. Jared Goff was five, and that was week one, and they still scored 35 points. Trevor Lawrence was sixth. Uh, that was the infamous rain game. Five fumble Dak game, Prescott, yeah. Yeah, Dak Prescott was seventh, and he lit them up. And they didn't face anyone else in the top 10. And in that yep. statistic, EPA per play, Patrick Mahomes is a first by a good margin. So, yeah. yes, it will be easily their biggest. Whether whether his ankle is in the same shape it was tonight or whether it improves, as long as it doesn't get worse, it's going to be a, uh, a huge test for their defense. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going to be able to sleep for the next two weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to see Mahomes. Oh, my goodness. The, you'll, there's a touchdown he throws to MVS in this game that you're going to enjoy. And just I'm going to see that play in my head over and over and over again. What a terrifying, terrifying player. Um, Andy against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's just like eight-year-old Kelsey Ben is like... Versus oh, Kelsey yeah. Kelsey Andy versus the, po- the, the podcast yeah. this week, the, the New Heights, the Kelsey podcast, can't recommend enough. It's going to be great. Oh, man. No, the storylines are... Or something else. This is this is really something. This is gonna be fun. The scene in the Eagles locker room afterwards. A lot of victory cigars. I mean, uh, you walk in and the yeah. smoke just hits you uh, in the face with the players puffing on uh, victory cigar. I uh, I would not uh, enjoy a victory cigar. I I wouldn't peg you for a victory cigar kind of guy, but I could be wrong. No. No, not 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 much of a cigar guy. Not much of a try to look cool doing things guy that usually miss the mark when I do that. So I just shoo the practice entirely. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there is a big chunk of our listenership audience that enjoys a cigar. I say, why do I want to make myself cough? I don't, I don't enjoy mm-hmm. coughing. I don't want to cough. So, uh, it was funny. The players like in the middle of their, uh, interviews would have to like pause and cough in the middle of their sentences because right. there really was a lot of smoke in there so uh, it was uh, it was a pretty festive atmosphere in there not mm-hmm. uh, i wouldn't say over the top but certainly uh, it's a big accomplishment i mean again if you're a younger listener and you're saying oh you know second time in fifth years five years it didn't it used to be like this often. man <laughs> it did not used to be like this yeah i mean my entire yeah. uh childhood until uh, there was no super bowl until I was, what, 21 years old. The first 20 years of my life, there was no Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden, they've made it twice in the last five years. Jeffrey Lurie was holding court in the middle of the locker room saying, I don't know why no one saw this in uh, Nick Sirianni. But credit yeah. to Jeffrey Lurie. Listen, uh, they they are on a the best run uh, you know, since he bought the team, right. they made, they got to what one Super Bowl before he bought the team, and now they're in two and five years, three since that 2004 yeah. season. They've got all with three different yeah. coaches. They've got good ownership. They absolutely do. The yes, effect 100%. of good ownership can be overrated, I think. And a lot of people who are like, you know, like there's like some like, wow, Jeffrey Lewis incredible takes. And I think those like too far. The deleterious effect, the negative of bad ownership cannot be overstated right and so like 
it's it's less about like wow, like Larry's a good owner. He's solving the team. It's like wow, Larry's a good owner. He's not ruining the team. He's letting the other guys that he hires do their jobs and do them well. And then he's obviously hiring well. I mean, like Chip, Doug, Nick, after Andy, is really a great sequence of hires. Like even for Chip's issues, yeah, the Eagles have done an, an unbelievable job hiring head coaches. And critically, now get to try to hold on to Steichen and Gannon for another couple weeks. Get, let, let the Broncos get impatient. Let the Texans go get D'Amico Ryans. Just keep on trying to prevent some of these interviews. Slow the process down. See if you can fill up all these jobs before Gannon and Steichen finally get free. Let's run this thing back. That is wild that when they, when they fired Andy Reid, if someone would have told you in the next 10 years, they'll get to the Super Bowl twice and they'll win it once with two different coaches. I mean, no one would have believed that even as bad as the end of the Andy tenure was. There was this feeling that, all right, it's time to move on, but Mm -hmm. it's still going to be hard to find someone with that type of stability. And uh, here they are back in the Super Bowl. All right. I think that's all I've got. uh, Cliff. uh, Yeah. I got one final request. It's a Cliff request. We can bring him in. Okay, good. Uh, I have one too. Yeah. We got to get... We got to get the Jalen Hurts fly Eagles fly somewhere in this pod. I don't know if it's as the intro music. I don't know if it's taking us out for the outro. I need that song on this pod. What a, what a, what a beautiful impromptu rendition forced by Terry Bradshaw to take the mic and sing fly Eagles fly for the entire stadium. Jalen Hurts in the clutch, man. Poise. Unfortunately, due to some rights and copyright things, I don't think we can use that legally. So we probably, can, uh, probably shouldn't be doing that. Scared to compete. I want to hear exclusively Jalen Hurts renditions. Where yeah, it's just like Ben wants to hear Jalen. He can't find a pitch, and he's just like kind of a little bit screaming it, and he's just like excited, so it doesn't really matter. Those those are the good ones. Listen, I don't need no Cliff, practice I, musical fly eagles fly. None of that. Cliff, I wasn't I wasn't gonna give you extra work. I was just gonna ask you a you know ask you a question. So uh, what, what, I was gonna ask you. What's the question? Just, just I I need I need the the Cliff friend like checking the threads. Popping off today are are the fan are your boys like we're gonna kill the Chiefs? Is there an initial confidence level uh, for this Super Bowl? Is there fear of Mahomes or have you guys not even gotten there yet? Everyone's just excited to be. So, in the Super Bowl. I was hanging out with a bunch of Eagles fans at Eagles Bar out here in New York City, and uh, right after the Eagles won the game, it was it it doesn't matter who's the opponent. It's like we're going in there, we're going to go down to Arizona, and we're going to smoke whoever out that is. Like that's it. Like, there's no How fear. How could you not? They won no back to back 24 point Ex- playoff. Exactly. Games. There's no fear whatsoever. The offense didn't even looked that great. They st- like Ben said, they still crushed, you know, Josh Johnson, Brock Purdy, whoever. Clearly, they're going to get after Patrick Mahomes in the next game. Like, there's no fear in me. There's no fear in me. There's no fear in anybody in the city. No one should be scared of the Chiefs. Right. I get it. Andy Reid is a, you know, offensive genius, whatever the case may be, but defense is kind of suspect a little bit. I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm I'm not fearful whatsoever. Yeah. I'm, I listen. I wish the Super Bowl was next week. Like, remember I said this before when we played the uh, after we played the Giants, right. and then I said I I wish this game was next week. I'm just ready to go now. Like, listen, we were booking at Phoenix tickets after like the Arizona win. Man, I yeah. remember like week five, week six, they were <laughs> exactly. like six and one. We were like, yep, we're going. Here it is. Exactly. They, I, need, um, I need to get out to yeah. Arizona, man. I need a ringer to flip that bill, man. We need to get out there and have some fun. <laughs> There's not a lot of mystery to this Eagles team. I mean, they've just been really freaking good from start to finish. 
They're 16 and one with Jalen Hurts as the starter. Think about that. Right. 16 and one with Jalen Hurts as the starter. And they're healthy. You don't even have that huge injury hanging right. over your head that is player X going to be okay for this game. The, ga- so the game, confidence the game was over once they announced Nita Baker was yeah. uh, performing the national anthem. It was, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was over. The, it was over with. <laughs> yeah. The last meaningful game that they played with Jalen Hurts, that was like relatively sweaty. Was what, right? Like these past two Bears, games, not, was not that Bears sweaty. game sweaty? I Bear, can't so remember. Bears, Bears it was ended a close tw- final score. It, yeah, it ended twenty-five to twenty. The Bears scored a touchdown with two forty-three left to make it a five-point game. Right, it was seventeen to thirteen in the fourth quarter, and the Eagles scored. So okay, that one's relatively sweaty. At the time, the Eagles were thirteen and one. It was hard to see them like losing the, you know, uh, um. Like losing losing the one seed. Obviously, after the Bears game, we learn Hurts is out, and then that becomes like an actual bigger thing. But like even that game, like was it super sweaty? Before that, forty eight twenty two Giants, thirty five ten Tennessee, forty thirty three over Green Bay. They also scored in garbage time, seventeen to sixteen against the Colts on November twentieth to go nine and one was probably the last game Hurts played in, where you were like, man, they almost lost. That was concerning. Like that. Sure. <laughs> What about that was uh, two months about, ago? What about um uh, the Giants game? That last Giants game was that not kind of? I mean, I wasn't sweaty. Yeah, they were in control. They okay, were they yeah, were up. Okay. They, yeah, Davis they were up 19, 19 yeah. to nothing. You're right. The, yeah. the final quarter. score was yeah. not great. The, the final score yeah. didn't indicate like how the game flowed, but like wasn't that? I mean, yeah. it was a little bit dicey. But the last the last game I can remember that Hurts played that like the outcome really mattered. Where at the end of the game, I was like, whoa, like tough four quarter game. This was tricky. Like it showed some issues. Was the Colts game? Probably. That's the last one in my memory. When Hurts, there's scored only that, two. It's yeah. like the Colts game and the Cardinals game. When Hurts scored that late game touchdown, yeah, that's probably it. So what a team! Man. Wow. So Dominant. why? So why do we need to be fearful now? Like, you know, what do we need to be scared of? You're right. We ready, baby. We'll leave you with that. Why do you need to be fearful now? Truer words have never been spoken from the wise, Cliff Augustine. I think that'll wrap it up. For this episode, listen, we're going to go over our plans uh, tomorrow for the next two weeks, but we're going to have a lot of podcasts for you. We will be live in Glendale the week of the Super Bowl as well, and we'll have a lot for you before then. So continue to leave those ratings, reviews, subscribe. Oh, I wonder wonder if Kayvon... At a great time, Cliff. We got to hear from. Uh, we we yeah. got we got to get an update. I I told them to give us an update uh, on because they did get they did listen and they got the recommendation. So let's uh, let's listen for those and we'll get the update. I imagine it was an un- it was a fantastic weekend given the food recommendations and how the game went and everything else. So hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Keep it. I'm, I'm at like a loss. You know, I only have so many words in me. I have no no words to even close this out. All right, we're done. Ringer's Philly special. Super Bowl edition is over. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 